Yeah, let's get down. What's going on, my brothers and sisters? Mr. Woo -woo. Aunties and uncles, Mr. Woo -woo. monks, Kabbalists, Mr. wizards, Mr. Woo -woo. mystics, sons and daughters of Mr. God. Woo -woo. Welcome Mr. Woo -woo. to Mr. Woo Woo. Welcome everybody to the Mr. Woo Woo podcast. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I'm having an amazing, amazing week. Are y'all having an amazing week? I hope you are. My week is amazing for so many different reasons. One, I just got back from camping. I don't know what it is about going out into the woods. And I don't mean like backwoods, like, like my homeboy Cusk Bushcraft. If you ever get a chance, check out his YouTube video. Amazing guy out in Canada. But, you know, just getting a, a camping plot and putting up a tent and cooking your own burgers over a fire and just being able to listen to peace and quiet, listen to nature, unplugging from your normal situation. It's such an amazing gift. And uh, I'm so grateful to Spirit for filling me up. All I did was bring a bunch of spiritual books with me. Me and my wife did meditation and ceremony around fire. We got like six bundles of wood and we just burned through all of them. It was phenomenal. I feel so rested, so restored. I came back and realized I had a bunch of different um, kind of spiritual challenges. There's nothing like the quiet of the outdoors to kind of remind you of the things you're not noticing. And I wasn't noticing a lot of things. Um, I felt like lack in my life and have for like a decade. You know, I don't feel like I've been actualizing my complete potential as far as service goes. Or even as a customer I had today remind me like integrity is the most important thing. And I'm all over the place when it comes to that subject sometimes. Uh, I go from being like, ultra purist to I'm sure some of you also can identify with this to letting attitude fly letting people's emotions and reactions to life affect me somehow and you know reading that stoicism stuff with Marcus Aurelius reminded me it's just like they they're doing something harmful do they harm me no they're harming their own lives people's inability to decipher good from evil as he puts it you know you can say positive negative but it seems like everyone's discernment's hyper accelerating whether it's going towards chaos or whether it's going to grace and order and i'm happy to say that i'm firmly on the path and track to order but when you're when you're on it and you're aware of your path a lot of times it seems like fine-tuning everything like it's good you've committed yourself to light and love but what does that mean to the people that surround you? You know, your coworkers and your, your, uh, your spouse, your kids, your, your, your general family. They, not, they might not be with the program of well-being. And their egos are going to only be able to be fueled and supplied by being able to bring you down in some way. Unintentionally, of course, this is all unconscious. People don't know their subconscious minds are, are doing that and that they're being vampiric. But other people's situations, they, you know, they, they require empathy and sympathy with, with imperfection. And if you're any kind of wizard, you're, you're like, I can't even give power to that. So how do you offer love and compassion without being sucked into their blender of, of <laughs> chaos and invoking sickness or anything less than perfection, really? And 
you know, I use a smile shrug. I just, well, they're, you know, going off about what's going wrong. I just kind of like smile and go, mm, well, you know, motherfucker, that's, mm, oh, that's, that's life. Oh, crazy. So you're acknowledging their suffering, but without completely agreeing with it. And if you are a mystic, you know, like the thought is what's creating reality. You could point that out to them and be like, that's ridiculous. And not realize that their life will be in, uh, an unfolding series of unfortunate lemony snickety kind of pitfalls and like creating problems mentally and then spending all of their linear time solving them. There's a lot of people in that because they like enjoy the chaos or they enjoy like they think nothing's happened unless something bad has happened. Like peace is a, a, a deterrent to enjoying life. And unfortunately it's like alcoholism, it needs company. It needs a it needs reaffirmation that 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 pattern is good and normal, and almost ninety five percent of people are are following that that path uh, in general in the world unconsciously ninety nine percent of them unconsciously. But if you're really aware of where you're headed, and if you're headed toward deeper oneness with divinity, or a greater level of happiness, or things working out for you. That's when it seems like all of a sudden, that's when the uncle shows up. That's when uh, the sibling, uh, some shit's going wrong with them. Or, you know, like the extended family's in a large group chat about what's going wrong with like a couple of the people. <laughs> it's okay to take yourself back out of that. It's okay to like, you know, not just mute the discussion, but get out of that and be like, yeah, inform me when something final happens. Um, so a lot of these kind of things have been swirling around uh, and just more more than ever, I've been really committed to um, only seeing what I wish to see manifest in this reality, regardless, like in all these self-help books, the same thing, regardless of the evidence to the contrary, even if it's already manifested as shit, stop focusing on shit. Focusing on the fact you are the shit, you know? You're not like that shit, but you're, that you're awesome. And that the more you see yourself as awesome and your life is awesome, your life will be your life will be just like this amazing cascading. You know, you know how you felt like at Christmas? Like every child can remember at least one Christmas where they got every gift they wanted. The family was beaming and happy, even if the parents had, you know, mood problems, attitude problems, you know, with life. But for some reason, they were just extra happy that day. And everything was harmonious. And you're like, dang, why couldn't every day be like this? It's because we only, <laughs> it's that Scrooge syndrome, you know? You have to have Chris or Buddy the Elf. You have to have Christmas every single day. Every day has to be Christmas. And it takes a lot of effort and a lot of practice and a lot of affirmation to get you into that vibrational mode where you know everything is, is not only going to like be all right, but is going to go your way. You know, you can't make, like said Guru says, you can't make the outer world do 100% what you want it to, but is within your power and within your grasp to 100% affect how you feel on the inside, whether or not you let your coworkers bug you or whether that, that driver that, that cuts you off, you know, tailgating them and getting pissed off. It's, it's just not, it's, it, you, it'll feel like you're relieving um, a feeling, but really you're just barfing in someone's face and not realizing that barf comes back to you. Like you're basically throwing up in your own dinner bowl thinking like, oh, I'm relieved. Oh, look down, there's dinner. <laughs> you know, it's terrible. And it affects your vibration and for the next couple of manifestations that happen. So while I was out in, uh, in this beautiful campsite, I'm so thrilled, uh, 
it occurred to me while looking over and pouring over very deepish, you know, older spiritual and occult books that the God, what do you call it? God or spirit or source, all the same thing. Even Esther Hicks would back that up with, um, with Abraham. The source just wants three things from you. And I got to reiterate that it doesn't, I mentioned in a previous podcast that your love is the only thing and your attention, the only thing that the, the creator, if you want to use that word, um, doesn't have. It gave you the free will to ignore him, her, it, right? But, and he, the source is full and complete of and within itself. It'd love for its, its children and its creation to look back and love it, but it doesn't need it. It's whole, complete, and perfect of and in itself. But unprompted, it wants your love. What it would want is three things from you. Your attention for one, putting your attention on whatever you think is beating your heart, whatever you think is the inspiration for your mind, your attention is the first requirement. And after that, like sending your adoration, and if adoration's too much because it sounds like clingy or needy, that's fine. Just be grateful, right? So your attention, your gratitude, and when gratitude reaches its zenith, like you're, when you're super grateful towards someone or something, that you've manifested and it's okay to be grateful to the source of that thing. Most people don't know there is a source of it. Adore it. Love it. Gratitude squared. Love it. And again, I can't say this enough. It, it doesn't need our love. It's too busy loving all the creation and outpouring that a lot of times people don't get that. We need to love it to create a bridge it trains us in the most basic of basic laws that we all wake up on the planet Earth because we violate this law, the most basic law of the universe through the multiverse, if you want to get really Spider-Man or Doctor Strange about it. it <laughs> we need to learn the law of love. The great avatar Jesus told us. What Sai Baba told us. Super important. That's why we wake up is because we don't get this one thing. It doesn't matter how brilliant you are or how genius you are or what manifestation you do. This is what we're here for. The muggles don't know it. Don't, don't waste your time trying to convince them, right? These listeners, you know what's up. You know what's up. It trains us in the law of love. And we need to satisfy that that basic requirement before any more power, before anything else is added onto us, permanent love in a relationship, uh, gifted with children, gifted with uh, abundance, miracles, and amazing outcomes. We need to send forth our love. And if you're incapable of that, that's okay. It's sometimes our hearts are walled off because we've been traumatized, either by parents or bullies or life or drugs. If you just say thank you, as Mistar Eckhart, a Christian mystic, once said, that is enough. That's enough. You don't have to do anything past that. All you have to do is send forth gratitude. If you can't, send forth adoration. But your attention, putting your attention on the source within you beating your heart or around you is spirit, this is absolutely the, the need and it's to train us into the law of love and as a 
great cosmic master said over 70,000 years ago to a civilization that no longer exists, how do you follow the law of love? You do it, it begins as calm peace and kindliness in the feelings whose center is in your heart. That's it. Calm peace, developing a culture in yourself of being in calm peace and kindliness in your feelings whose center is in your heart. And that's all you got to do. That's all that needs to be done. So I got some, oh man, this is another really cool thing I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, I was coming across some uh, podcast, which I wish I knew which podcast this was because I would give them personal props, but they actually had on, if you'll believe it, Tucker Carlson of all the human beings. That if you told me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that Tucker Carlson would have been red-pilled and saw the light. I mean, this dude's legacy media. His father was was in the game in Washington. Grew up in Washington D.C. Washington D.C. So he's in the soup. He's in the Shark Tank of all of these like black magicians and, and all of this kind of stuff, right? So I discussed the the Death Eaters at length. He's been deep into that for years, and now the dude is like the mouthpiece of truth and 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 honestly like sanity in a lot of ways. I would have never thought that. I still don't watch Fox. All I do is catch clips. And this guy, I, I don't even watch many of his clips from Fox because, I mean, they still got their obvious um, propaganda issues, right? But now it's like CNN and the pendulum swung of CNN and MSNBC are like super propagandic. Anyway, I see this guy and he not only had a, a podcast interview about the media's role in manufactured consent, which is just basically brainwashing the the masses into thinking a certain way so that the military industrial complex and all these things can can kind of you know bomb people into extinction steal the resources and, and we were like nodding ahead like yeah that's good support the troops you know well anyway this guy goes on the show and uh and he starts talking about extraterrestrials and i couldn't believe what i was hearing because this guy like it was blowing minds and i want to i want to play this for you guys um, let me see manifestations next show credit sound bias for podcast videos. Here he is. All right. Tucker Carlson on a podcast talking about ETs. Absolutely mind blowing. Right. So that's not true. It doesn't seem true to me. Like I got, so he's, he's talking to this and know, it was only in the past five years when all this evidence would emerge. And I'd be like, well, that doesn't, that's not true. And he's talking about, um, like having been red pilled or he, he had to question like the Iraq war and there's people that are psychophants and they're, you know, talking about, you got to support no matter what. And he was just like, well, but why, you know, <laughs> that's when you're starting to like eat the, eat the red pill and realize like, am I in the matrix? Like what the hell is going on right now? So he's talking right now to, uh, this host. I don't know where it's from. Oh, it's at John Mappin, M A P P I N. I found this on Twitter and it's uh, he's at this place called Camelot Castle. So I'm a, I'm a Richard the Lionheart guy. I'm sure you remember, uh, like Robin Hood when you were kids. Oodle lally, oodle lally, galley, what a day! You know, you're like solid gold hubcaps. You took the words right out of my mouth, PJ. That kind of thing, right? Um, so he's talking to this dude, and he's talking about like his awakening about even extraterrestrials. So this is. Buckle up. This is going to be so fun. Yay, conspiracies. Yay, extraterrestrial. I was waiting for some good extraterrestrial stuff to put on here. And I found this and I was like, holy shit, you guys are going to love this. Check it out. 
It doesn't seem true to me. Like, I don't know what the truth is, but I can tell when someone's lying. It's my one gift. And I would see these people lying and I'd be like, why are they lying? Like, I know they're lying, but why? And so I really came to this like at the age of 50. Like, that's very late. It's like I never for a second thought you have UFOs. What changed your attitude at 50? The evidence. Which is what? Well, we, we, well, oh my gosh. Or the Pentagon was required by the last defense authorization bill to like produce some of their files on UFOs. And it turns out they have known about this since the end of the Second World War, which ended in 1945. Been a huge increase during that war, during the war as well. Huge increase in UFO sightings, in UFO crashes. And it turns out the federal government has been tracking this for 80 years and lying about it. So why? Well, that's a great question. I can't answer it theories, but I don't know. But here's what I learned. The first question is, is this real? Or am I just being a crazy person who's spending too much time on the internet? Well, this summer, we got a call. We didn't reach out. This person called us. How many times have you reached out and felt like a, a crazy person because of information you got, whether it's about COVID or UFOs or the JFK assassination or 9-11 or anything that's kind of like, hey, wait a minute. And you were made to feel stupid or crazy because of it, you know? Hey, welcome to being a wizard. Welcome to the path of spirituality. The further you go down the path, the narrower your group of associations become because folks' minds narrow the more that they start to ponder these kind of these kind of topics. But we're we're only talking to open-minded people here on this podcast. So let's let Tucker uh continue. Crazy. Lexi, you're standing right there who's a genius, one of our producers, gets this call from this guy who's a tenured Stanford medical school professor. And he wants to come on the show. Now this guy has a couple patents, and so he's rich. And he's got tenure at one of the most prestigious schools in the world. So like, he's not a flake. He comes on and he's like, 11 years ago, the US government reached out to me because I'm an expert on head injuries, on brain injuries, traumatic brain injuries. As a physician, they had all these court cases from families of US servicemen, over 100, who'd been killed by UFOs. The Department of Defense was refusing to give them death benefits or medical benefits. And he's like, so they're in the courts. And I was like, there are over a hundred servicemen killed by UFOs? Like what? He's like, yeah. And there are court cases about it. I'm like, what? why isn't this on the front page of the New York Times? I don't know. But he goes, I'm involved in it. I'm the, you know, I'm one of the researchers. I'm the expert witness in these cases. Holy shit, what does that mean? And he's like, for example, UFOs appear to be tra attracted for whatever reason to nuclear energy. So at nuclear missile bases in the upper Midwest, for example, nuclear powered aircraft carriers, nuclear powered submarines are all getting buzzed by these objects, including underwater. And in a number of cases, these things have landed on military bases, including famously in Germany, in West Germany in the 70s, and servicemen have approached them. Like, what is this thing? There's this like giant glowing thing on the base. And they approach and they get traumatic brain injury. Oh, like they are the rendered like, yeah, yeah. They get brain damage or they're killed. And he studied their brains. And they have, this is all totally real. This is not, this is the Department of Defense, dude. And they've all had this damage from some kind of powerful energy that we cannot identify. So then this guy's like, wow, he's just a scientist. He never believed in UFOs. He's like, this is real. I cannot believe this is real. This is like crazy. He's just doing research on it. He's still at Stanford. And it turns out that actually, yes, these things have been shot down and crashed and the US government has the wreckage and it's being held by defense contractors, Raytheon, Lockheed, which are big independent companies, but they work for the US government, they're really- Raytheon, Lockheed, one of the epicenters and you know power centers of the Illuminati. Go on, Tucker. Part of the Department of Defense, but they're separate. 
So you can't, the sunshine laws don't apply to them. You can't actually get information from them. It's a very tricky way to hide information. And they have the wreckage from these crafts. Hmm. And I'm like, really? Are we positive these aren't like advanced Russian or Chinese? No, of course not. Is it more like the government or whatever is just this good at hiding it or people just don't care? Well, I think it's a combination of both. I think it's too big for people to metabolize. Like if Prince Harry says something stupid, everyone's like, I can't believe Prince Harry. Cause like that's manageable. You can like, oh, this douchey fake prince with his stupid wife from Santa Monica. Like I get that. But the idea that- I just realized like looking at this video, sorry for interrupting again, that this is coming off of a TikTok called Nelk Extra. N-E-L-K Extra. Uh, I'm not on TikTok, never will be. So if y'all are on TikTok, check this shit out. Amazing. Thank you for this interview. Who are you are, whoever you are, Nelk Extra. You're awesome, dude. And continuing. We're not alone in the universe and we're getting buzzed by these objects whose behavior defies physics. Like that just explodes too many categories in my head. I just can't deal with it. And I think that's part of it. But I'll tell you this, the most interesting from my perspective, I don't know if it's a consensus, but a lot of people, serious people, not crazy people who study this stuff, US government employees seem to believe that these objects are coming from under the oceans. So the conventional view is they're coming in from outer space. There's not actually a lot of, you know, something enters the atmosphere, we can see it yeah, on satellite yeah. and there's not any evidence of that actually. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's happening, but we don't know that it is. There's a lot of evidence these things are coming out of the ocean, including videotape of these objects coming out of the water at high speed or even more amazing, descending at Mach 3 into the water. And then of course we have a huge submarine what fleet. The fuck? What the fuck? Then we have a huge submarine fleet, American, but also Chinese and Russian, underwater with pretty sensitive measurement devices, sonar, etc. And they have recorded these objects doing hundreds of knots underwater. So like, let's just stop there. Wait, what's knots? Uh, it's 1.1 miles per hour. It's oh. a way that we measure objects in the water. Oh. It's 1.1 miles, it's a little more than Mile, mile per hour, and a, and a mile is a measurement that we use in the United States. Right. distinct from a kilometer, Still which I think is right. Yeah. common in Canada. But anyway, <laughs> these things are moving at impossibly high speeds. So just like, let's just apply common sense for one second. If I take a 45 ACP, you know, a, a 45 caliber handgun and fire it at you underwater in, say, a swimming pool 50 feet away, you can catch the bullet because the resistance is so strong from the water that objects can't move that fast underwater. We know that, but they are, and they're moving without any visible means of propulsion. So no wake, no bubbles. Where, where have we like tracked that? All over speed? the world. That boom bloop, bloop, is my brain when I saw that, um, because I needed to see that ages ago. Could not believe what I had heard and saw, uh, because that correlates to when I, when I was in my, like, I don't know, I'd say like late twenties. And even I dedicated my book, by the way, my book is profanity. How I went from an atheist to a quantum wizard in less than a decade by Joshua Ramey. I dedicate my book to a man named Bill Cooper. And the first time I'd ever heard of Bill Cooper was when I was at a matrix energetic seminar and learning that unbelievably magical craft. And he kept mentioning this guy, Bill Cooper, and he's like, check it out. He, he wrote this book called Rider on a Pale Horse. He was like, ex deep state, you know, like Pentagon, high security clearance. Um, oh, God, what do they call it? Top secret, top secret security clearance. And he details in his book. I mean, you love conspiracies. 
This is the Bible of a man. It's called A Rider on a Pale Horse by Bill Cooper or William Cooper. And he spills all the beans. I might have mentioned him already on the podcast, but the guts, the balls to put out what he put out. Like he starts out like in the first couple of chapters, he talks about when he was on the Navy, he was on the deck of a ship. That's why, I mean, I love this clip because he talks about the underwater propulsion. He was on a, on a battleship and he and like eight other men, a skeleton crew were out, um, out and about like doing it. And he said this enormous, enormous alien spacecraft pops out of the water vertically. Like it came out, like if you imagine a Frisbee up turned upward, pops out of the water like this, like breaches out of the water and then like leaves in hyperspace. Right. And him and eight other guys witnesses, like within hours, they fly out, uh, one of these, you know, CIA fucks that comes out and they call it a debriefing. Right. And basically all they do is threaten your life. They basically go, well, uh, what you saw isn't what you think you saw. And if what you think you saw is what you think you saw, we're going to do this. I forget if they call it section eight or if they, they, they have some term for we're going to make sure that you go to a loony bin. Right. So naturally all sorts of go, I didn't see shit. And Bill Cooper was like, I didn't see shit. You know, like you're right. But afterward they talked about that shit and they were like, I saw that motherfucker go out of there. And that was close encounters of the third kind popping out of the fucking water. What are they doing in the ocean? So that's why I thought that was such a fascinating clip by Tucker Carlson as corroborated by a Stanford <laughs> professor who still has tenure and is testifying in court that, you know, alien brain damage is happening to servicemen. So that correlates to a lot of the stuff that I've like looked into and, and seen it. And Bill, Kirp, Bill Cooper said after he did that, eventually, of course, because they always come back around, they go, well, you can keep a good secret. Why don't you come work for the deep state come and work for the alphabet boys. And he said, yeah, sure. Why not? And he went there and in his first interview, like as soon as he got top security clearance, he said they sat him in a room and they first show you the landing at Roswell. Like they found a, like two of the aliens had died. He said, but one lived and his name was commander Krill. And they showed actual video of him communicating with human beings and them interviewing him. And this was like in the forties. He saw a video of the JFK assassination and who actually did it. I don't want to spoil it for you if you want to go like watch that book, but it's uh so yeah, yeah, hey, hey. Anyway, so um yeah. And they also showed like multiple interactions with um with with alien life. And that they have hangers full of this kind of stuff. And uh I think Joe Rogan even interviewed somebody that that had this kind of thing where he actually saw alien spaceships at area 51 and he was lauded as insane and like an opportunist but he went on the joe rogan podcast and laid out really like even the physics of the um the propulsion system the the field that goes around the spaceship in order for it to travel multi-dimensionally or at like beyond the speeds of light like it would have to be like a heart shaped, which was ironic because it was kind of a heartless kind of species that they were talking about. They're renowned for being heartless, but that there's, there's like, it would create like a field, but it would be in the shape of like a heart. And that's what enabled them to, you know, traverse hyperspace. But Bill Cooper was talking more about um, like the spacecraft that come out of the ocean. And there you have it, folks. I mean, even the Pentagon in the last two years, they've been declassifying the fact that like, yeah, there's extraterrestrial life. No news on it, no one talking about it. And as usual, 
the bow tied one <laughs> who doesn't even wear a bow tie anymore, man, from his days of crossfire. This dude is, it's just like a, like a pod person, man. It's like a totally different person inside Tucker Carlson. And he's just on a Canadian podcast. It looked like right there. Um, just spilling the beans. Cause I don't think he gives a fuck anymore. Like many of us. And that was just amazing. I just wanted to be so grateful. Shout out to Tucker Carlson. Hopefully one day I'll be able to get him on this podcast when it explodes. And uh, thank you to all of you that have been that have been listening and, and sharing it with other people. Thank you for the people since the last since the last episode. My subscribers went up like thirty three percent. Thank you all so much. Thank you for taking the time to go on to Spotify and um and and poking a follow. It means a lot to me. It really does. And uh, it gives me a lot of courage and encouragement to to continue with this kind of wacky stuff. So uh, that was Tucker Carlson on a podcast talking about ETs. Absolutely mind-blowing shit. And uh, I think we're, oh yeah, we're at the part of the program. We talk about Wizard of the Week. Let's get the, uh, the negative out of the way, right? It's best to just get out of the way so you don't have to like smell its stench or think about it too much. I wanted to uh, point out the entire government of France and their prime minister or president or whatever the hell he is, Grand Poobah, emperor with no clothes, Macron, Emmanuel Macron, all of you are the death eaters of the week. France is burning right now. People are livid that their pensions, and people think of pensions as more like, um, like something you get from a business. Their pension is our social security. Just like George Carlin, George Carlin predicted, they're coming for your social security. So, it isn't about the age being raised by a couple of years, which is what they're saying in the news. It's because that the government is starting to outsource their guaranteed social security and they're inevitably with a private company and they're going to just gamble that shit in the stock market and inevitably lose it and be like, just like on, on South Park, like, and it's gone. You're going to just invest it and there it is. And now it's gone. You know, just like if you were invested in FTX, just history. So right now, people are invading BlackRock, which shout out to them. <laughs> Actually invading like the, the belly of the beast and the corporate headquarters at, uh, at BlackRock and, you know, just doing whatever the hell they want there, burning it, hopefully looking for the executives so that they can, uh, you know, get some people justice. But yeah, Macron's pussy ass hasn't even gone back to France. He's doing a little world tour and letting things cool down. So, you know, people don't get the idea of... You know, storming the Bastille, if you know what I mean. But yeah, even the uh, Parliament of France, which is beholden to, of course, the Death Eaters and their members, many members there that control their government, are, uh, yeah, doing what they do. Stealing people's money, stealing their sovereignty and freedom and being like, oh, no, it's because, you know, is what is good for you. I'm doing this because you wanted this. When really, they're just there to steal your shit, just like they steal our money all the time. You ever wonder like where our, our debt is from? It's from 1913 to 1919 when they established the Federal Reserve Act. It's to pay the interest on the loan of them printing out our money. And you ever go like, why do we have 31 trillion in debt? Well, who are we in debt to? Central banking system for just printing out our monopoly money. That's what it's for. It's for privilege and they trade that fake debt, like they trade that fake money debt for actual resources. They collateralize it with, through the EPA, you know, our Environmental Protection Agency. There's all of our lumber, all of our minerals and stuff like that. So for the privilege of printing our monopoly money, 
their exchanges, all of our actual country's wealth. So uh, I'd like to give a big fuck you to all the government of France and the Illuminati in general, and of course, Emmanuel Macron. Fuck you, pal. Anyway, all that aside, I want to get to the wizard of the week. It goes out to an amazing gentleman throughout the entire COVID pandemic. This guy's been an inspiration, an inspiration, the courage he's shown too, and the objectivity and the sensitivity that he's shown in the way he's disseminated information. We've, we've had to tell some of our nurse friends, like, you know, maybe you watch this guy because he's taught nurses for over 30 years in England and, and has a doctor in it, Dr. John Campbell. If you don't have YouTube uh, or you don't watch it very often, if you want to check out who I'm talking about, this man has been on a, on a journey. And he's not an anti-vaxxer. He actually got vaccines uh, up to a certain point. But his investigation into the whole mm, debatable, effective thing, once that's been debunked, uh, and now the safety issue of these mRNA, uh, I don't know, shots, gene therapy, whatever you want to call it, uh, it definitely doesn't meet the qualification of vaccination because they had to change the actual legal definition of a vaccination for it to qualify. But Dr. John Campbell, his, in his analysis of the all-cause death rates internationally, of he, he was how I found that clip on the executive from Pfizer admitting that they never tested their their serum for like if it can actually prevent you from <laughs> contracting it or I mean prevent you from spreading it. They didn't even test for it and just omitted that. They just forgot to conveniently mention that to everybody while their CEO said, yes, it'll definitely stop you from transmitting it to other people. It will stop you from getting it. Both were lies. And he was the reason I was able to f even find that clip. Like his, his channel is just full of information. If you know, like Russell Brands is a little too much, you know, if, if you think like he's, eh, he's too much, like uh, he, he kind of goes after the Illuminati the same way I do. Um, he, John Campbell is super neutral. He's super objective. He only uses like massive scientific data. Even when you watch his videos, it looks like an over, remember those overhead projectors? that we had when we were in high school and middle school and like you'd see the little cell up there. He does the whole thing. Like a pro he's such a professor and, um, you know, watching him slowly realize he's, you know, getting red billed and like he's in the matrix and then like he's been lied to and, and that there's might be an international cause he's just like, Oh my God, he, he just can't believe. And you just see this dismay on his face. <laughs> it was like a permanent frown etched to his face. But he, to me is like a hero. This guy is like a hero of the pandemic. Just like Andrew Bridgen of MP in England, just like um, uh, Peter McCullough, Doctor Peter McCullough, who's one of the most, who is the most published like like heart surgeon or uh, heart specialist on the planet, like in speaking out against like the corruption and the lies that we experienced during this pandemic on every level. John's kind of covered at least in something in part about like how ridiculous it is to mandate it. Why mandate it if it doesn't work? You know. <laughs> The only thing it can do is keep you from getting sick er, so why in the heck are we making people participate in an experiment without we're only two years in, by the way? So, Dr. John Campbell, I salute you. You get my Wizard of the Week moniker. I'm honored and privileged that this man is on the earth. And uh, what else? What else do I want to chat with you guys about? Oh, yeah. Uh, the full moons. Okay. The full moon in April was gnarly. I'm sure all of you were feeling it. I, this is right now when I'm public, uh, talking to you. This moment is a, it's a new moon. The full moons in um, May and June are going to be massive downpourings of energy. 
y'all. So if you get an opportunity to meditate or pray during either the new moon or the full moon, you will find that everything that you do is amplified. Like your prayer is amplified, your sadhana is amplified, your connection with God and your, and your higher self is amplified. So I would invite you to write down journal like 10 things that you could be grateful for or 10 things you'd love, even objects that you'd love to manifest or places you'd love to go or people that you appreciate and write those things down and then really feel feelings toward them. Really, really uh, generate as much love and um, joy and, and just really enjoy them. And, and when you do that, you're going to set keynotes off within your body. You're going to, uh, you're going to, your biochemistry will react to it. And also the thoughts that you get after that will be far more pristine than if you're focusing on, um, you know, France and, and <laughs> Israel and <laughs> just burning, right? Because the people are pissed off and they're out in the millions on the street trying to take control of their governments again. Uh, so I love you all. Uh, it was a privilege to get to speak with you all again. And, uh, you know, if, you know, you get those Dementors going, it's like, Expecto Patronum! Expecto Patronum. Get those fucking Dementors off of you. Those energy suckers, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, one more. Expecto Patronum! Feeling that. Feeling that. Keep your space pristine. Keep the vampires away from you. And the monsters. And uh, just be your best self. Imagine who your best self would be if you were happy. If everyone around you respected and loved you. Start with yourself, though. Respect and love yourself. Okay? I will see you all, or I, I should say I'll speak with you all, like, next week. And, uh, yeah, be your most magical self. Level up. Keep going. And peace and aloha.